Hello and welcome to episode 30 of season 4 of The Three Amigos. I'm Don and I'm joined as always by my amigos Mars and PJ and our amiga Kylie. Say hello folks. Hey Don. What's happening? That was brilliant. Coordinated this evening so we're all in top top form after a cracking oh uh, game week 34. Yeah, it was uh, not exactly cracking. But um, as always, we begin our show with a brief review of the game week that was um, before putting it firmly in our rearview mirror. Top Amigo this week, and I think the first time um, since he joined the podcast as a permanent Amigo, it is PJ on 47 points. Um, after that was a bit of a shocker of a game week, PJ, so you must be very happy with that one. Yes, yes. Um, oh, but like you said, just a surreal game week so I was incredibly happy with two players and normally two players aren't enough to have to get you a really good score but in this game week it was so obviously I I captained Son um, for 24 points and my wild Danny Welbeck punt finally paid off and that gave me 36 points plus in a nacho took it to 41 and then the entire rest of my 12-man squad cobbled together six points. Uh, obviously, as a result of the um, you know Manchester United Liverpool postponement, which I'm, I'm sure we all we all come on to. But but yeah, so it was just a tale of two men really. So Son and and Danny Welbeck, absolutely delighted for for Danny and for myself. Yeah, no, you've uh, you've been banging that Welbeck drum for a while, so um, well done to you, uh, Marzi. You're next up with 29 points. Yeah, very frustrated. Not not with the captain flop. Um, I wouldn't have captained anybody apart from Kane, even if I had Son. But I think when I was on the pod last week, I said, I'm doing Bruno to Son. I don't really want six players in the Liverpool United game. And I think Son has better fixtures. Bruno's been off. Changed my mind, as most. I think, I, you know, it always in the back of my it's not. It wasn't just the performance against um, Roma, where he got like two goals to assist or something like that. Uh, but just just everything about Bruno and maybe that performance, etc., and the double. And I just thought, you know what, I wasn't sure, just roll it. And at 29, I actually went and moved Bruno, brought Son in, but I just could not press that button. And that's fine. But that that's every time I deviated from my plan, I messed up. So, yeah, 29 points. That was mainly Watkins. Um, basically, they all came off the bench. I had eight points until uh, the bench came into play because of the postponement. Because I had uh, benched Watkins for Jota uh, and I had the Brighton White, the Brighton defender. So between them, they got 14 points um, to add to whatever the rest of the clan had. So yeah, 29 points, but not great. But, you know, we move on. Yeah, we move on. Um, I had absolutely no points at 24 points, so I'm next up. But um, they just pretty much Nacho and DCL that returned for me. Um, I had eight players. One of them was me, who returned zero. And then Alonso came on for a bit of a cameo. But I kind of, uh, with Forster, uh, Forster, Rafinha, and who else was on my bench? Um, oh, yeah, Jota. I'd benched, no, not Shaw. I'd benched um, Shaw this week. And um, obviously, none of those actually played. So I paid the price for having a very thin bench. And I had five from Liverpool, Man United. So um, I had Captain Salah, actually. So I was hoping to have a little bit of a bounce there. But it didn't work out. Um, Kylie, um, you had an even worse game week than than me, unfortunately. So tell the listeners a little bit about your 18 points. Yeah, you know, it's ominous when you get to third on the list at 24 and there's still someone who did substantially worse than that. 
Oh, look, it was just an absolute cesspit this week. Um, I had five five players in the uh, United-Liverpool match. Granted, one, Jota was on my bench, so it didn't make a difference. Uh, Saka was also on my bench, didn't play. Alonso came on for nine minutes, and I cursed that when it happened. But as it transpires, that was one point that I needed. It would be less. Um, and I had one point come off the bench for Lowton. Um, but yeah, the only return that I had was Nacho's assist and everything else was just twos and ones. So it uh, is a new record for me, my worst ever game week. And as we know, I've had some horror shows earlier in this season, but uh, the hits keep rolling. The only highlight is that I saved a transfer. Uh, like Mars, Bruno was on the chopping block for me um, and, you know, with doubles and so on coming, I decided to save the transfer. So that's one thing, and we just move on. Better times ahead. Um, PJ, um, this is a stage of the show when we um, when we ask you to read out the top managers in the Three Amigos Classic League. Yes, indeed, and the top five is familiar names, but it has shuffled around a little bit. So in fifth, we have Mike Cullen with Jack Attack. In fourth, Ben Wyatt up the Ox. Down to third after a poor week of just 26 points, dug in Stenhag and Stenhag United. And with a whopping 56, which is Herculean in uh, this week's climate, up to number two at just seven points behind our leader now is Christopher Chauvin and the sidings. And Martial Law, Dirajaredi, just 29 points himself. So, you know, you're in good company with some of these leaders, Kylie, although, you know, it should be noted we didn't do quite as badly as you but um you know some poor weeks all around and very tight now at the top of the Amiga's leaderboard great stuff pj thanks for that and marzi your rant of the week i've a i've an inkling oh, what this one God. might be about there's a lot of material there, there there's a lot of material hey uh, jesus where do we start um let's start with this one it's absolutely fine um you know to support a blackout, <clears throat> do what you want, whether it was the three days, whether it was deleting the app, whether it was to lurk without tweeting, or if you decided to still, you know, um, support support the, the, the message uh, by, you know, um, promoting anti-racism, but still being on Twitter, that's, that's, that's your choice. It's, it's a free world. Despite what's happening, it's free world and you make a choice. What's not fine is people having a go at people for coming early or people announcing that they're coming early for the like we are adults here. We are f- adults. Some are bringing up kids and we're fighting because somebody came on three hours before midnight before the blackout and we have a full blown out argument about it. I don't know what's worse, this or the fact that people are try- trying to charge 50 quid for a poster. Um and um, that that made me laugh. Look, I'm all for community meetups, etc. Um, I have the utmost respect for people like Mark, and and I know now we've spoken to Gianni. I don't know the fantasy fest guy, but charging, um, but I think they're with the room wrong. Charging fifty quid is is just ludicrous. Uh, but they have their reasons, and I think they've backed as Monkey's Monkey's tweet was the best. <laughs> they backed up quicker than the ESL. Um, yeah, that was uh, that that was probably one of the worst uh, reading of a room. Fifty quid is a lot of money for for what was on offer as well. Um, a poster, a book, 
and uh, meeting some content creators, which we speak to all every day on Twitter. Look, all the best with this thing. It, it's not for me, just too much, too many people that I don't know. And um, yeah, but sometimes I, I guess it's fair enough that they fixed it very quickly. Let's put it that way. Marzat. Nice one. Um, PJ, would you like to say anything on it? No, I don't think so, really. I think, I think, I think Mars covered it. I've, I've, um, I, I, I just want everyone to, you know, everyone to get along, Don. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not, here, I'm not here to cause beef, contrary to, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, you know. Yeah, you're just, you know, I'm one of the good guys. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know who would think that anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, no, good, good, good rant, even though you were very chilled, Mersey, but, yeah, I think it we've been a, we've been around we've been around a lot laugh. of beefs over the years, and um, at at some point they do kind of wash you over think, you like you water off the we're on this topic, Just just very quickly, given you mentioned it, um, one thing I'm interested in. I've been around in the FBL community for a while, although I was a bit of a lurker for the first kind of couple of years. I've probably only been a kind of an active member for two and a half seasons now, but. Um, I've seen a lot it of comments. It feels a lot more. Right? It feels like you've been around forever. I know, I know it does. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of comments today and over the weekend from people saying that, oh, things have changed and, you know, oh, it never used to be like this and sort of stuff. And I, 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 I've, I've not really read it like that. There's always been beef. There's always been banter. There's always been kind of arguments and kind of fighting and sort of stuff. And, I, you know, I don't know. You, know, you guys, you know, Don in particular, you, you know, you're a little bit longer in the tooth than, um, you know, than um, maybe Kylie. But, you know, did you think this is any different to kind of the, the kind of banter and kind of animosity that's been exchanged this this season compared to kind of two or three years ago? Not so much even this season more than last. I wouldn't I wouldn't think. But one thing I have noticed is there's probably more. It's kind of bigger personalities coming up against each other more and mm. probably a little bit more rivalry between, um, you know, there's more cliques and bigger groups of cliques as well. And so it tends to be if somebody gets a bit of aggro, then there is a lot more people ro- rowing in on different sides. And so it becomes a little bit more of a melee than a couple of people maybe having a few words about something. Um, so as a community I think that's grown. pretty fair there's also a considerable number of kind of very talented meme generators now as well mm. so I do feel that everything kind of snowballs it, they um, almost go nuclear yeah so we used to maybe small arms fire was what used to happen before and now there's nuclear weapons and um, I don't know uh, chemical weaponry being being dished around the place right away some real clever yeah. memes you know um, and even in general there's a lot of people in the community now as we were actually talking in our DM group before um, that that are very much you know they're they're we've singers we've dancers we've all sorts um in the community now that maybe used to be around before so there is big personalities and they're not afraid I suppose of expressing their opinion which you know sometimes that does end in more beef but um I thought Marzi said it very well and like I said nice and nice and calm um we move on with the rest of the topics lads on the podcast so um. As we were talking about, the Liverpool Man United postponement is obviously is it obviously caused a lot of chaos this game week, and it will likely cause more chaos in the future game weeks as that game has to be rescheduled. But uh, Kylie, we're going to come to you to kind of fill the listeners in on what we know, I guess, for now and when that fixture is likely to be replayed, as well as kind of the double game weeks to come. Yeah. 
Sure. So I could pretend that this is all my workings, but um, obviously I'm deferring to Mr. Ben Crellin on this. Um, so he is, of course, the king of the spreadsheet. And if somehow you are on Twitter and not following him, um, I can't even comprehend because this season in particular has been far too complicated for any of us to try and figure out ourselves. So basically, um, sidestepping the issue of the postponement for a second, we did have just before the blackout last week, uh, confirmation of the doubles and blanks that he has been forecasting for the last couple of weeks with these landing in day week 35 and uh, 36 respectively. So there's a few things that we do know, and then there's a few things that are up in the air. What we do know is that Villa, Palace, Everton and Southampton all have a double game week in 35 and they also have a game in 36 as normal. We also know that Arsenal, Chelsea and Leicester have a double game week in 35, but they blank in 36. So something to factor in when you're, you know, potentially jumping in on double game week players that quite a lot of us could find a situation where we're we're quite stuck in 36 if you don't have a free hit. Now, to compound all of that, uh, we have a situation where Man United, Manchester United already had a double for game week 35. Liverpool did not, right? So with everything that happened at Old Trafford, the subsequent, subsequent uh, cancellation of that match, we're now waiting on confirmation of when this is going to be moved to. There are a couple of ideas that Ben has pushed out. So initially, I think his leaning was very strongly towards the fact that the West Brom and Liverpool match, which is currently slated for May 16th, um, which is in game week 36, could be moved earlier to the 13th of May, which would put it in game week 35. This would then allow for the United match to then slot in to that original date of gate, um, of the 16th, right? So basically what this would mean is a really strong double for Liverpool in game week 35 um, with a fixture against United in 36. It would also leave United still with their standard double, but now having a fixture in 36. Furthermore, it would mean a double game week in 35 for West Brom, uh, for anyone who owns Pereira, um, and then a blank in 36. So if that goes ahead, and I believe Ben's sort of saying maybe 60% is is his leaning there. He has, however, come back since then and said that there's been some rumours. I haven't seen them, but, you know, he probably has very good sources. Um, some rumours suggesting that actually that United-Liverpool match may move to May 17th, uh, which is game week 36 and that the Liverpool-West Brom match could move a few days earlier. And basically what this would mean is that Liverpool don't have the double in 35, they have it in 36 instead, and that West Brom will have no doubles and no blanks. So that all sounds quite confusing because there's a few different variables. Um, but basically the bottom line is that you you really – with respect to Liverpool and West Brom in particular, you really need to wait to get this decision before making key moves this game week because it's going to have a significant impact across the two game weeks on how you play it. All of the rest of the teams mentioned, including Manchester United, do have a double, though. So have a look at this. Have a look at um, 
what has already been outlined as definitely happening and then maybe give some thought to what you might do with respect to Liverpool, but hold off on those transfers. Brilliant Thank stuff. You. Thanks, me and Kay. Very eloquently put, um, because it's not easy. Not easy to, um, to as much as we're running out of game weeks, so there's less permutations, but it never seems to be just straightforward this season. Um, Marzi, I'm going to hand the, um, the host chair over to you to run us through the listener questions. Yeah, as, as we did last week, we'll use the listener questions to drive our topics and discussion. And we'll start with one that is literally touching on what um, Kylie just mentioned with regards to the postponements. And it comes from uh, FBL Pig at Pig underscore FBL. Question. Are those who were fully stoked on United and stoked on uh, United and Liverpool players even that much at a disadvantage, considering they are now in a great position to navigate the double game week and bland game week as opposed to people who had barely any? Now, I believe most of us have between four to six players. I, I, I have six. So Kylie, I'm going to come to you first because I know you have five players. So how do you feel about the fact that now, you know, either Liverpool will have a double and then United will have a game in, in 36 or there's a double in 36 for Liverpool? How, how do you feel? Do you feel you are luckier than before? Easy to navigate? I mean, from my perspective, my comp- the composition of my five players is three United, right? And I also have a lot of other people who have doubles in 35 anyway. So I was already really well set up regardless. Um, I think if I hadn't had such a horrible game week in order to facilitate these this double with you know United and Liverpool and however that shakes out maybe I would be feeling more like I was at an advantage but I don't because I feel like I have to play catch up um look I love the idea of Liverpool having a double because one of the things that I want to do is get in Salah and I've got a plan for it um but I don't know that I'd say that you know there's any particular advantage I think a lot of people regardless of how many they have already saved a transfer if they could uh, coming into this so that they're going to be investing. It's just that they'll be investing probably more heavily now in United um, and Liverpool than before, given that Liverpool didn't have a double and United had a double and then a blank, which kind of puts them in that awkward category. I think maybe mm. we'll see more eyes go towards them than perhaps, you know, the Everton sort of players who were looking and, you know, the Zahas, for instance, who were looking like a comfortable buy, um, given they have the double and then also a fixture in 36. So it might just realign how people play it. PJ, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's difficult. It's, it, it's, on the one hand, it's, it's kind of quite good that a lot of people have suddenly got teams which are now kind of quite well well set. But on the other hand, it... I'm actually finding looking at my team that it's limiting my choice because I've got, you know, across the middle, I've got four um, Man United Liverpool players. I've got Greenwood, Rashford, Salah and Jota across the middle. And then I've got Son, who's obviously just done a great performance and has a single game week with brilliant fixtures afterwards. And I just kind of look at them and I think, well, now I can't take any of them out. There's nothing really to kind of play with. And obviously all of them are kind of relatively kind of expensive in certain ways. So, you know, I was kind of planning on um, probably moving Jota on, which I, I, I can't justify doing if if Liverpool have a double. And and even if they 
then don't but have a double the week after it's like well do I bench him because you know or, or do I kind of move him on now so it's a bit it's it's a bit of a funny one um what, what and also I've gone from uh having only seven seven people with doubles to having um at least 10 and potentially <coughs> 13 if the Liverpool game does get rescheduled for this game week coming which means that I'm in a ridiculous position now of benching players with doubles. Um, and I'm going to be making transfers of taking players out with doubles for kind of better doubles. Now, don't get me wrong. One of those players is Alonso, who I'll be pelting with rotten fruit and, uh, you know, booing and hissing as he leaves the building. But generally speaking, it's it, it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I think it is what it is. And I think... I think those fixtures from the Man United are, are kind of quite appealing. But, I, you know, I, I'm going to look what we do on Thursday, see who we play on Thursday, which would be interesting because I think we probably would have played what we did. You could see our team was pretty much full strength against Liverpool. And I think we would have gone a bit more um, kind of under strength for the Roma game, given with four goals to the good. I think now for Rhythm, he probably plays his strongest team in Roma, makes early substitutions and kind of tries to carry that momentum on. But but we'll have to wait and see. So as a United fan, I am I am worried um, about that kind of uh, about those two games in terms of from a bit of a rotational perspective. I can see a few players potentially getting rested in that Villa match who have nothing to play for. So anyway, we'll see. One day he's going to rest Bruno Fernandes. One day. One day. That is well, I think really I think game. it's Fernandez who chooses when he gets rested. Yeah, if, if, if we <laughs> I, I suspect Fernandez starts on Thursday. I think he'll come off after sixty minutes and he'll he'll play the he'll play he'll play the video game. Look, he will play eighty-eight minutes. We both know it. He will play eighty-eight minutes like he always does. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, advantage disadvantage. Look, as uh, you know, I I own six, three of each. Um, and ideally for me, to be honest, I get Liverpool double now with the. But the the way I see it, it, it to be honest, it doesn't really matter because I'm not going to sell any of the Liverpool players when they have three games in in two game weeks. So whether they double now or single, then a double. I think I think I'm keeping them. It's the fact that now I don't have to sell United uh, players, or if the United Liverpool game is in 36. Maybe it was a mistake having six of those players in such a game because I think it would be tight. I might I might decide to move on some of the, those players because I want to go back to the likes of Son who has an easier fixture. So fix the mistake that I should have done now, potentially. Um, so maybe that gives me just easier options. Just whilst we're talking on it, there's a lot of teams with doubles. But I was looking at it and I'm asking this question because a lot of us have, as we just said, I've got nine. You've got ten or more on the bench. Kylie, I think you said you've got uh, a fair bit. Don, you have. I know you have Liverpool, United, yeah, Chelsea like players. Nine. Exactly. I have like nine. One of right. them is Alonso. <laughs> so. Yeah. So there's there's so there's there's a question for. I, I want I want I want us to. I want you guys to tell me who do you think are the teams with the best doubles? Because there's a lot of them. We can't have them all. And I'm not, PJ touched on it about selling a doubler for a doubler. I don't like that because I see that as a sideway move. But I understand some selling somebody like Alonso, for example. Um, Jonathan Strack is asking, I have Kane, Son and Bruno. Would you sub either of those to get in Salah for a minus four, especially if Liverpool end up with a double game week 35? Now, if Liverpool get Southampton and West Brom, that's mouth-watering for Salah. If people had a triple captainship, they'll be thinking about it. He'll probably be the highest captain. 
Now, Kane and Son have leads. Leads have been better against uh, more attacking teams, but it's still, uh, you know, I would say a nice fixture. And then they have Kane and Son are just Kane and Son at the moment. And the way they play him, to be honest, under on, on Mason is they seem to be a bit more attacking. He, he had Kane, Son, Bale, Ali and um, Kane, Son, Bale and Ali uh, <laughs> on the pitch. Um, Don, would you sell, um, I know you have Kane, would you sell Kane to try and fund Salah? Um, honestly, no. But but having said that, like uh, I I have Kane and I have Salah, so I don't have that decision because in a double you do want to have Salah, especially if you're chasing a little bit. Um, because that's why I went with him as the captaincy this past game week because I wanted to have that little bit of an extra bounce potential from from midfielder versus a forward because then both of them can pretty much score the same points. But I hate taking hits. I, you know, you say there about moving a doubler for a doubler. I never really have a problem with that because that just lo- sounds to me like you're pretty much the same as if it's a single game we play up against another single game we play. Sometimes you just have to, um, you know, if you're going to move them, you just move them. And we don't have that many game weeks that, uh, left. But in terms of taking a hit, I hate taking a hit to sell a real premium player because that can really come back to bite you in the arse. But having said that, a double game week for Salah versus a single game week against Leeds, who, as you said, are a lot better defensively. Um, in every single game I've seen them in recently, they they look way, way more um, compact and well-organized. And Meslier seems to be really growing as a, as a goalkeeper. So if I was looking at the two of those, potentially if Salah did have a double. But one thing to come back to what you were mentioning before with with Liverpool and and you know obviously as of five players I have Salah and I had Jota, Fernandez, Alexander Arnold and Shaw and while while it's all good having those players in because a lot of people I know are talking about Trent for a double or getting in the likes of Salah and it feels a little bit ahead of a curve in terms of transfers. Um, I would prefer if the match was maybe a little bit earlier as opposed to people with less of those players having benefited this game week and then being able to get in the players for the double game week. I'd like if they maybe had to panic a little bit and like that be talking about taking hits and moving premiums around to try yeah. to try yeah. to get it. But that's where yeah, I'm... I completely agree. Um, Carly, would, would, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Gonna, sorry, I was just going to say um, that's actually my dilemma at the moment. Um this the Salah dilemma mm. because um, the the person that I wanted to sell Bruno for is Salah. I have the money and I have I, I had set myself up for it and I was holding off to see what the situation with uh, double game weeks were um, because obviously it's quite a challenging thing to face a double game week um, with having Bruno um, and potentially selling him for a single game week seller. Um, the prospect becomes more challenging if I've now got the option of, uh, you know, do I go Bruno? I have triple um, United and I've got Bruno's form other than the, the Europa League match is, is poor as far as fantasy points are concerned. Um, and I, I would rather have Salah. But, you know, if they both have a double game week and Salah's is looking exceptional, if that is the case in 35, then it's really difficult. In a weird sort of way, it would suit me better for that Liverpool game to be in 36 because 
I'm already very well set up. I have two free transfers. One is going to be on changing Alonso. Um, and I'm going to field almost an entire squad of, um, or, or an entire 11 of double game weekers. And then I can carry a couple of transfers through to optimize myself for 36. If I, if, if this situation happens, then Bruno is an easy change from 35 to 36 to Salah for me. So it kind of works a bit more. It, it eliminates a bit of a dilemma that I won't mm-hmm. otherwise have because I do think it's actually really challenging. As Don said, it's one thing I don't mind selling a doubler for a better doubler, you know, as far as, you know, quality or fixtures are concerned, but it's quite challenging to sell someone like Bruno. A premium doubler, yeah. Yeah, Bruno for a seller when realistically either of them could bang. Like you have no way of knowing yeah. which is going to be the one. Um, it, and those it, and calls, those fifty-fifty calls. How often have we got them right this year? Exactly, and interestingly, both Bruno and Salah have quite high ownership, but actually yeah. Kane and Son are even higher. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if, if and whether we like it or not, ownership does have an impact on 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 on, on our positions, points, it's not points, but positions, etc. And if that's something that you're worried about, then the Spurs boys. Um, if they deliver like that, what happened again? Try and think if it was really Sheffield United being bad or Spurs just taking that the handbrakes off and going for it. And I'd like to think it's a bit of both, maybe especially more of the latter, because I'm trying. I'm thinking of going all in on them uh, potentially because they're just scintillating when they play that attack in football. Monkey, I want to come back to you. You mentioned about Bruno potentially getting um, getting a rest against Villa. So based on this, would you sell Bruno for Salah if you didn't have Salah? Um, or would you wait? Well, would you well, wait? No. To... no, 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 you wouldn't. Okay, um, uh, I would sell. I would sell Son or Kane. Um, I, I think just because Man United and Liverpool will have three games in in two as opposed to Son. I think I think you know Bruno and Salah are you know would would trump Son and Kane for me. Um, I think taking one of those two Spurs guys in is is fine, but. Um, yeah, I, I would I would feel very uncomfortable, particularly with Salah, um, when like you say, when Liverpool have that double, uh, you know, it's either way, it's Southampton, West Brom next, and you know, like you say, I mean, Southampton, uh, you know, I know they kind of held out, but they can concede goals at any time. They've got not much to play for. West Brom have gone. I mean, you know, Sam Johnson has made two hundred saves in the last five game weeks since I sold him. You know, uh, you know, Salah could score four goals in that match, and that's not an exaggeration. So, it's yeah. a way, and he seems to prefer a way as well. And yeah, he held us to, to to a draw at home. Um, okay, so it's it's a mis- I mean, to be honest, if I only had Kane or Son, I don't think I'm comfortable selling them. But I understand if it, maybe the only person I would sell for is Salah. To be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't be going Son to get Jota in just to add a number. If you had Salah already, but if you didn't have Salah, I think he would probably be the one person that I would want in this double, uh, just because of his potential explosiveness and the amount of ownership that people would have. Now, talking about players that you'll talk about, I want to I want to see your opinion on more of. <clears throat> so it's it's difficult with Spurs being a single game week, but also good good players that you want back. But what about? Uh, like West Ham so Romero Ndulvu uh, Romero underscore Ndulvu says who is better to to transfer in Watkins double or Antonio single 
with fixture difficulty to consider. So the, 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 I want. So first of all, let's think about Antonio versus Watkins. But I also want you to tell me what you think about Lingard selling him or benching him, and just West Ham in general having a single game versus the doublers, because there's a lot of good midfielders having a double, and Lingard is highly owned. Carly, I'll come to you first. Uh, would you go for Watkins or would you go for Antonio, who's back and banging? I know, what, I know what you feel about Watkins, but imagine Watkins was this Prince Charming with a double. It's right, a clean okay, slate. So it's a clean slate. Objectively, so you've got two different questions. Watkins doesn't score for me, right? Like, that, sounds, that sounds like a ludicrous statement, but we've had an entire season worth of data to support that. Um, so for me, if I wanted points, I wouldn't bring in Watkins. For any other person... I would say Watkins with a double um, versus a very injury-prone Antonio makes the more set uh, makes more sense, right? Yeah, because he's got two extra shots, and with those kind of teams, you can never tell. I mean, obviously, opinion is a bit clouded. Antonio just scored two goals. We know that Antonio can score lots. Antonio definitely has the better fixtures coming up, um, certainly for the the end of the season um, so I think Antonio is a very attractive option at that point but mm, mm. I think after the double kind of a, yeah I just think it is hard as much as you know I feel a certain way about Watkins um, it's very hard to justify buying a single game week player in a game week where so many have doubles mm. and plenty of them have doubles and a game in 36 you yeah. know you, you're you're just two times more likely that he falls on the ball and it rolls in. You know, so. Yeah, Don. Don, do you agree with this? Watkins over over Antonio. Um, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he's one. It's he's one of these torturous players that every time you know you see Villa after scoring, you know what's going to be his flipping name that pops up on the. On the WhatsApp. <laughs> he gets so many chances, but sometimes, actually, I watch him like, well, why are you so far left? Get in the middle, Oli. Get in the middle. Um, Don, you have Lingard, right? Yep, correct. Would you would you sell or bench Lingard considering there's quite a lot of good midfielders playing this double game week? Just thinking about West Ham again, single team, just different player instead of Antonio Lingard. I want to I want to touch on that quickly. It, it's a difficult one. Um, Let's say Liverpool are doubling in 35. I prefer and have Jota. And you have Jota, Salah. You could have Mane. Uh, you know, then then you, you have, have to put in you have to put in a double game week player for mm. him. Um, it's yeah, no, you, you would. It, Lingard, it's he. Um, it's funny because since we brought him in, all of a sudden he's quietened down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't watch any of the West Ham match this week, so I don't actually know. Um, he wasn't really he involved. He kept dra- he kept going out to the left and um, not really very involved. Had a couple of blocked shots. Uh, PJ, what do you think? Would you um, you don't have Lingard, right? God no. No, if you had him, would you bench or sell to, for a double? I would never have him, Mars. Okay, fair enough. No, the, you know, I'm asking because obviously a lot of people own him, and I, I have him. Right now, he's on my bench. But I you know how I, I hate people. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I would, I would probably bench him. Brighton, mm. Brighton, West Brom, Southampton are three, three very good um, kind of fixes to end. West Ham, are, West Ham, are, they just attack so much. Yeah. You know, they could honestly score five or six goals 
a game. Um, I mean, people, you know, rave about Antonio, but he, he does he does miss about three open goals a match as well. I don't quite know why they ever. I mean, they had Sebastian Hallow, who's obviously not a real striker either. Um, but if that if that team had a proper number nine, um, you know, I, I think you know they'd be they'd be looking extremely strong right now. But no, I would I would personally bench him. I just don't think there's anyone in that bracket. James Ward Prowse, maybe. You know, Siggy, Al Ghazi, I'm touching at straws, really. Um, I would, you know, unless you've got the most, you're so happy with the other 10 of your players this week, um, I would I would keep Lingard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, nuclear Atoms, Atoms underscore Nuclear. Now, this is another team, Everton. Now, Everton have a double. I don't have any Everton players. And genuinely, I have no interest because I already have nine um Doublers plus, uh, sorry, ten doublers plus plus Kane. So for me, I, I, I see no interest, and I know a lot of people, or, or quite a few people, would be in this in this scenario as well. But um, Don, I'm going to come to you because I know that you have DCL. Would you so DCL or Richarlison? Who's more likely to get the returns in both games? And is there a better team to target than Everton, who also does not blank? Oh, good God. Um... <laughs> like I said on yeah, last week's pod, it's it, Calvert-Lewin I've had for the last few game weeks. I ideally would like not to have him, um, but um, and if you're I stuck because he's got a double, just because he's a double, keeping him, and I'm not going to be moving things around at this point when there's double game weeks around. I'm just going to just ride it out for now. Um, in terms of other options for instead of Everton, um, who don't blank. So let me tell you the teams. Yeah, that tell me if Arsenal. you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The teams that don't blank are Villa, Crystal Palace, Everton, and Southampton. So it's a fair question because, to be honest, looking and at this, United. apart we and think. United, for, as of now, yeah, we we're not sure about United. But to be honest, do, do they have? Do they even have a strike? I think Cavani maybe. Yeah. yeah, Cavani. Yeah. So let's add United. So you've got, I think you've got Villa and United because I mean Crystal Palace. I mean, PJ, who would own Venteke in their team? I don't think anyone would, right? Um, well, I, I think you know. I think certain certain cats who have done quite well under the radar this season may may own Ben-Tech. may even triple captain him. may even triple captain him. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's week thirty five. Let's have a little bit of fun. Ben Ben played well the last kind of. He scored three goals in six or seven. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, Palace are absolutely shit. Let's not let's not lie about that. But they they have the best double. Sheffield United and Southampton, you know, who are worse at home, Southampton, you know, they're two away games. Palace are better away. You know, they, it's, it's honestly worth a punt if you're insane. And actually, if you're insane, yeah. And actually, um, so many people throwing out the idea of triple captain Zaha. And let's mm. be honest, Penteke is not really that much madder an idea. <laughs> you know? Now, the other team that does not blank, uh, so we've got, we, said, we said, obviously, Aston Villa, you've got Watkins, United, you've got Cavani, and then you've got um, Southampton. So, is Ings even back? I don't, he's not, right? So, it was Che Adams, and he was just running around, bless him, with a man down, not really doing much. I I can see the I can see why people are looking at Dominic Cavallo and or, or Richarlison. Um, PJ, now, if you... Um, so, sorry, Don, we're back to you. Would you um, would you go for anybody else apart from Everton that don't blank out of these options? Villa, uh, Palace, and Southampton. 
I haven't been impressed at all with Villa and Southampton are just really hard to predict. To be honest with you, no. I probably mm. prefer because it's more of a proven quantity, I guess. But it's it's very hard to know because I wouldn't say any of them are really playing um, top form that are kind of really putting their hand up there. So if I wouldn't personally buy in, um, I'd probably prefer to have Watkins, as I said last week, rather than Calvert-Lewin, if that mm. answers that mm. question. But yeah. other than that, I wouldn't go particularly going mad to try to rearrange anything to to get them in. Um, yeah, you know, as it is at the moment, just because just, you, just because they don't blank, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'd rather just yeah. to maybe take a hit to get in a player that I really want. Yeah, PJ, are you looking at Everton? Um, I'm probably looking, looking at, at uh, Luca Dean as a yeah. potential Alonso replacement. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fair. Would you? And anybody? I've seen people mention Sigurdsson and obviously. Carvet Lewin or Richarlison. I think I think Sigurdsson's a risk. I think had Man United and uh, about Man United and Liverpool fixture not been kind of uh, you know kind of rearranged and kind of forcing um, you know kind of doubles non blanks for those two teams, uh, I, I think Sigurdsson might be more appealing. But now I just mm. think yeah, but you know Greenwood and Jota are still just just better options in there. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Kylie, any, anybody else that you can think of from from Everton, or, or uh, do you agree or anybody same as PJ, so uh, Dean for me because I also have Alonso. Uh, currently, I have Alonso who theoretically has a double game week and then a blank, but let's be honest, probably has three blanks. So he's not much value to me. Um, so mm. I do need to change him and I, I really need to change him for someone who has a double and then plays in 36 because I have potential uh, game week 36 issue in terms of the number of them blanking so uh as far as defensive options go i think he is my preferred of I, the... I'd, I'd buy coleman kylie or are you actually i've looked at coleman coleman is the other one that is is yeah keep, keep looking he's cheaper <laughs> the only the only concern with coleman is that he he could get benched his minutes aren't as great as um no, he's nailed mate he's nailed no stop trying to steer me wrong <laughs> I see through you, and now I'm, I'm, I'm. Do you know what? I'm just going to bring him in, and I'm going to bring someone else in that you have. <laughs> Danny Welbeck. New, nuclear atoms does have another question, but I'm going to leave that uh, till till the end because I think it's an interesting one, uh, not to do with the doubles. Um, our friend Randy Shafter at Randy Shafter. Why does FBO hate me so much, and can I justify selling Son this week so that I can bring in serial? Wank merchant Dominic Calvert Lewin. So we're just touching on that. Um, touching, wanking, brilliant. Um, would you bring in <laughs> a family friendly show? Very, very. <laughs> would you sell? Would you sell Son just for the sake of getting another double player, not particularly a premium? Let's say you can't afford Salah or Bruno. Would you sell Son just for the numbers? No. No. Kylie? No, especially no, no and especially not to fund. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. no, one thing I did say before, though, about Randy, there's like a certain poetic, um, what's the <laughs> word for it? It it gives a certain energy to poets like Randy um, to like have a bit of sadness in their life. So, you know, <laughs> but getting in a player that you're already calls, calling a serial wank merchant or whatever you described it as there probably is only going to end in disaster. Um, it's probably not worth taking a hit or selling a premium to get in a serial wank master. Stop <laughs> saying wank master. 
Need a defender for the run home. Already have Rudiger, TAA, Kufal, Holding and Veltman. Rudiger is the one on the chopping blocks and point eight in the bank. 5.5 mil max to spend. Cheers. So, a defender for the running. He's Now, if I look at this, he's already got TAA so and uh, for the double. Uh, forget about Holding. Veltman, yeah, bench. Um, I think the one missing for me is potentially sure with the doubles for United, especially if, if they have another game. Or I would say my my uh, my fanboy, uh, or I'm his fanboy, Dallas, because later on Leeds have some really, really good fixtures. Um, guys, what do you think? So obviously 5.5, he can't reach Studinia, but maybe could, could go for an Everton defender. Yeah, Holgate, Coleman. I think he can still afford Shaw at 5.5. He's got, oh, he's got 0.8 in the bank. I think he might be able to stretch to Dinia then. Six, how, how, how much is Dinia? Because that's 6.3. Is he 6.1? 6. 6. Yeah. Yeah, okay, 6. so Dinia, it sounds like you both are looking at Dinia. And I can see why. I mean, he, on his day, he's got free kicks. He's got, he's basically, it, between him and Alonso, they're fighting for who could be the worst, most potential player. This well, season. Also, yeah, I would also say, like, I have Shaw, so I'm not looking to buy Shaw, but, uh, you know, I would also advocate for him. Um, Absolutely. What a wonderful so, player. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, I mean, I would like more points from him, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, there's always potential. You always feel that there is potential for him to get Talk- you. Talking of show, Jimmy the Claret at Claret FL. I ignore your advice and kept Ferreira. Now, I told him next time, don't, don't ignore our advice. We told you to tell Ferreira. He didn't listen. And finally, ready to break up. What do you think about Shaw as a replacement? So we've just now, he's saying, assuming the Europa League goes well. PJ, any concerns? I don't see Tellez taking his place. He's just, he's think, really, really playing well. At the moment. I think, I, I think Tellez will start on Thursday. If he doesn't, though, mm. I, I, I can't see Shaw starting four games in a row. And the, the problem we've got about this run is that we've got we've got Leicester Liverpool as our kind of third and fourth games in the kind of double and blank uh, and and those games are, are full strength you know games um, because mm. the teams obviously still competing for the Champions League so again the Villa game is, is the one so I'll be watching that Man United sheet if Luke Shaw plays ninety minutes on Thursday I would not really be advising anyone to buy him for the double game buy him, yeah. I just do not think he will start Aston Villa. I just have no faith in Ole to think about it. He probably is still scared at 6-2, like something that could happen. And, and fair enough. Um, talking about United, uh, Nats Morgan at Nats underscore M. Are we certain that upcoming United home matches will go ahead without further protest action? Could there possibly be more blanks to come? You touched on this, uh, PJ. You, you saw something from the United fans, fans line, I believe. Yeah, I'm concerned. We haven't really mentioned it yet, but I am... I am very concerned, particularly given, you know, you know, I look at my team and the standout players to captain are either Man United or, or Leicester um, kind of players. Uh, and, and I am very concerned. We are going to protest. Uh, you know, I say we as our fan base, not me personally, but um, we'll be protesting, um, uh, you know, the Leicester match. We'll be protesting the Liverpool match uh, and the Fulham match. Um, it's whether um, we'll get the numbers. Uh, obviously, it was a kind of weekend, uh, you know, kind of big. Um, you know, kind of big event, uh, bank holiday weekend. A lot of people didn't have that much to do, 
So um, I think it got a bigger crowd than it would have done. Obviously, they've moved that they are likely to be moving the Liverpool fixture to um, a time when not as many people will hopefully be available. I think that's the kind of thinking there. There'll be a bigger police presence. You would you would love to think they would make the ground a little bit more secure than they seemed to last time. Just um, a little bit. So, they underestimated the power of fans. Never yeah, underestimated the power of fans. Concerned. I'm not going to sit here and say don't captain a Man United or Leicester player because I think that's 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 a little bit crazy. But I, I would be I would be concerned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Pick, and we pick, won't pick. we won't look. We've got away with it this time. I don't think we should. To be honest, I, I honestly think we should have. Um, the match should have been forfeited and Liverpool should have just been awarded a Look, particular I'm, 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 you know what? But if I'm, we do I'm, it again, we will definitely be fined and docked points. I'm all for protesting. Absolutely the right of the fans to protest. But what I did not like is the violence that came with it, some of it, the destroying of it's cameras, etc. Like, there's always going to be spillovers. There was, there was, absolutely. There were 16 absolutely to 20 there will people involved. But, but just to yeah. get back to the point, let's be clear here. As, as that kind of article I, I shared on Twitter, the point, of these protests are to get the games called off. These group of fans, they and I, I, I sympathise with their cause, as do a lot of you know top pundits, Neville and Carragher amongst them. Um, they don't want these games to take place. Mm. They don't care about um, kind of Man United like qualifying for the Champions League or anything like that. In the sense that they just simply want to make the club, you know, less attractive. So the Glazers actually fuck off. That is the whole point of this is like leave our football club alone so we can kind of rebuild it in the club that they want. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to get into how feasible or likely that is. Yeah. Saying the whole point of these protests is not just a kind of protest against the Glazers. It is, it is to get these matches called off. So that is absurd that, that will continue. Did, it, it's, there's a little bit of cynicism there that they did not go for the European uh, semi-final and decided to go for a I, league match. Of course, it's the biggest league match, uh, but I don't um, necessarily that doesn't. I don't necessarily nothing. think because sometimes I know people have been suggesting you know whether if if Man United were you know challenging for the top of the Champions League or they were or they were running away with the Premier League, would these fans still be doing? I think they would because this Glazer stuff has been going on for a while. But I would distinguish between. And it doesn't have a massive impact on whether or not matches get postponed or not. But there was kind of two distinct enough groups in terms of the ones blocking the bus from going to the stadium, which were distinctly they were to stop the to stop the game going on. There is the, obviously the other element whereby there was some fans went in who were doing the you know they were doing destructive stuff inside in the stadium, whether it was jumping on top of the nets, throwing down cameras, you know, in a way. I know with with riots and with protests, sometimes they do turn where property gets destroyed. I'm not going to cry over some things like that, but but the reality is is there's two different groups there, and one group, if they were that well organised, they had a few hundred people in front of the hotel. Potentially, they could do that every week. They wouldn't have to. They could secure the ground as much as they want. But if they do want to kind of stop the team from getting to the stadium, there could be you know very very difficult for the police to stop that. But you know whether or not they don't want the, they don't want United to get docked points at the end of the day because they are fans. And I do know what PJ is saying that they're looking at it, the big picture. Um, that 
you know, they're not going to win the league and they're going, well, if the games get postponed and they want to drive the Glazers out of their club and I fully support them in that. But it's very hard to tell if it's going to be something that we're going to see again. Um, mm. I, I think we definitely will see protests, but whether they'll actually be able to stop the, the game going ahead, it's impossible to know. Cool. Conrad P. Mbazira B. At BC Mbazira. I apologise. <clears throat> I think that's a really good question. Is there any point in free hitting this week? Yes, it's a double game week, but the good teams get tough games and the rest are teams that are practically off form. Got four players with a double game week this week. I'm, I'm reading the tweet as it's written. Just wondering to free hit or not. So, I think if he's only got four, then then yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, I, mm. you know, it's, there's not a better time to free hit left, really. You could maybe argue, if you had a lot of players who... Were, were then going to blank, i.e. if he had triple Chelsea, triple Leicester, yeah. tr- you know, triple Arsenal. Oh, I mean, why would anyone have triple Arsenal? Uh, I think Odd SPL has triple Arsenal. Hi, Odd. <laughs> um, uh, he's not listening. But um, anyway, so if that would be yeah, only in those scenarios, would I say, yeah, a, a free hit next week would be, yeah, if you've got four, go for it. Go for it. Get Ben Teke in there. Yeah, get I, understand, Pullman in I, there. I understand what they're saying. I understand what they're saying, but still it's a really good option to free hit, especially with only four. Yeah, I can't see a better one coming up. Yeah. Uh, frankly. And as, as PJ said, like the only reason that you sort of wouldn't is if it was going to mean that you're landed in trouble in 36 just because of the makeup of your team. But if you only have four who double, then that's clearly not the case. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Lucy Heine at Lucy Heine, which template popular player do you think might be getting too much love? Are they worth gambling against for the running? So, I touched, so we, Bruno is one we, we could discuss. And for me, maybe now, uh, Lingard. What, what, what do you guys think? Do you think there's any other that are getting too much love? Template, too much love? Sorry, I was just I was just letting my cat in because he was meowing mm. at the door. I'm uh, in his uh, thirst to come here and uh, captain, triple captain Benteke. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the question from Lucy? Am I a good boss? Yes, I am. No, do we, any template players that are getting too much love that we could just move on? And I mentioned Bruno and Lingard. Well, she's the queen of templates. She'd know. <laughs> well, she obviously has a team full of templates and wants to move on. So <laughs> yeah. any 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 players that are template players, would you say that uh, it's time to move on? I, I think Bruno. I think Bruno after the double could 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 be moved on with with the natural risk uh, of of what's happening, considering United should be safe. Apart from that, I don't I, know. I think, I think Bruno definitely, because, um, you know, Pogba factor is, you know, yeah. Pogba is playing out of his skin. Pogba is not someone we've mentioned. You know, a lot of people have obviously gone on uh, kind of Greenwood and stuff. But, um, you know, Pogba is, is, is really turning on and we know he's a he's a he's a form player. Um, he's a he's a great little punt if you fancy something. Uh, total free hitters. Just looking at the teams that double, um, I mean, obviously they, we've talked about most of them. A lot of a lot of us have Leicester players, so I, I don't, you know, Nacho's Nacho, Vardy's off form, um, and you've got their defenders. So Castagna is a good option. Um, obviously there's Southampton. We touched on them. I wouldn't really go there. Arsenal. I have no idea who they pick because of the Europa. Depending on what happens, Chelsea are an interesting one. They still have obviously the Champions League game tomorrow. Oh, I have it. Away, away at Man City. Man City and Arsenal, and they've got they've got uh, Fulham, Manchester City, and Arsenal. Uh, no, sorry, they've done Fulham now. So Manchester City and Arsenal, and then a blank. 
Would you would you look at Havertz? No. No, Mount. <laughs> I just think it's heartbreak waiting to happen. Mm. You know, there's three of us on here who got shafted by Alonso. Like he had one job, which was to start the Fulham match. Yeah. Did not do that. I can't believe Aspie did. I, I, I even doubled up on Chelsea with yeah, and Aspilicueta to make sure I had one clean sheet. The part about that is that Aspilicueta is still the most nailed player, right? Like he's missed like well, two of the last three. So I, I just think it is way they are more challenging than City right now. Yeah, they are tough fixtures. They are tough fixtures. I think City will they be? They they're probably focusing on the final. To be honest, already thinking about it. Um, I, I think Havertz and Mount are, are good options. The way they're playing at the moment, Havertz is really cat, really really getting in, in, in top form and in get get position. If yeah, I be- maybe, if- but. If I believed in stupid purses, I'd probably um, bring back in Havertz because since yeah. I sold him, he can't stop scoring. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, so, um, Monkey, are you, are you H, Club, FBO underscore Dave, at Clubs underscore Graves? I said that you were too, too exciting to be H based on the finale without any um We have spoilers. no line of duty spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Without any spoilers. Oh, you didn't watch it? Okay, cool. All right. We'll move I haven't on. watched it yet. <laughs> All right. We just know that H is not monkey. Um, FBL chef, at FBL underscore chef. I would like to know for personal reasons who the moral arbiter of the FBL community should be. I don't know. Somebody like Suj. Um, he, Randy he, Chester. <laughs> uh, right. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> last, last, I wanted to come back to this. So this nuclear atom second part of the question. I think it's quite interesting because let's be honest, none of none none of us are having the most amazing season that we're used to. Well, we we are good managers, and we've had much better seasons than this one. How do you generally plan to bounce back from a disappointing game week? So I, I, I I'll start, and I want each of you guys to give me just one thing. So normally, to be honest, I I just switch off completely off Twitter, um, and I already I I kind of I try not to tilt, but I think about how good my team is going to look for the next game week and maybe my move or who's going to get me my goals. Just just focus on that instead of focusing on how bad it was. And this game week that's just gone was just an, the right example of it. Um, Kylie, what, what do you do after a bad game week, a disappointing game week? Um, aside from drinking lots of gin and nearly drowning myself in a bubble bath, I would... <laughs> Uh, I I think taking a break from Twitter, even honestly, just like for the day is helpful because it's really easy to get caught up in the whole thing. Um, You get a little bit of perspective and then you kind of come back fresh and look, the reality is it's not something you can change. If you've had a bad week and I've had so many of those, you do just kind of have to. Especially especially when you, when you, when you have a bad week and then you see somebody during the week, like, uh, you know, I don't know, some, some, uh, some animal uh, with a picture on his Twitter and they have an, oh, I don't have Kane, Kane is this, Kane is that. Then he captains Son and he doubles your score and you think, oh, for goodness sake. And then you have King who gets 70 points and you think, how is that possible when I just got 29? Switch off Twitter, I think, is, is a very good advice. Yeah, and I uh, love those hypothetical situations that in <laughs> no way relate to real life. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey, what about you? What do you do when you have a bad game week? <laughs> um, I... I... I stare calmly into space <laughs> and I don't let it affect me. 
Yes. Um, uh, no, I, 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 one of the good things about um, my content, in inverted commas, with my kind of, uh, kind of team of the week and stuff, is that I can take out a lot of my uh, kind of frustrations kind of via it. And I do find it very therapeutic. I actually don't know people who... Um, you know, kind of, I mean, we could have the podcast a little bit later in the week, by which time the kind of dust is settled and stuff. But people who have to kind of write kind of proper kind of content or, or do the, the kind of, let's just say, longer, more kind of serious kind of stack based hashtag research pods than us, how they manage to do it when they're kind of doing so, so badly. Um, if, if I can't laugh at myself, I've got nothing left at the end of the day. Absolutely. Don, you like me, uh, I've backed off a lot of Twitter. What what other advice would you have apart from that? Um, apart from that, yeah, I, I this season definitely I found has been with the and I think a lot of people have with the extended out of the all the games dragged over three days and they're all on at different times. I've kind of tried to do whereby I only watch one game a day. And I try to just just decide one one match that I'm going to watch, and then I try I turn off notifications and stay off Twitter in between those games. So that's what I've kind of tried to do because good week or bad week, it's a little bit of an emotional or a bit of draining to be continuously trying to keep up um, with it over the game week. And also, I've kind of looked at a try to focus a bit more on mini leagues and because then you're putting yourself up against a little bit, you know, it's a smaller group of people that you're putting up yourself against because no matter how good you might think you've done, had a reasonable week, you go on Twitter and you'll always see all the people put posting their massive scores. So that's what I've tried to do when I've looked at scores. I've tried to not really look at my overall rank too much and just kind of focus on mini leagues, see what the points people around me have gotten. And generally there's less deviation in that um, because those aren't the people who are, you know, flagging it up on Twitter as, you know, showing yeah. their massive scores, which is nothing wrong with. It's all good. No, nothing wrong. Special, special madness when you have Captain Kane and he scored and you, overall you could still go backwards because other people have triple captain him. But in your mini league, there, that might not be the case and you all get the same points. So you might not see that that effect. If you're, when, when, I never looked, when I never used to look at ORs, I could never imagine that my captain scoring would give me negative... Would be bad, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, good advice, guys. Yeah, that's all we have time for the questions. Thank you. Some great questions, which enabled a really good discussion. So back over to you, Don. Yeah, thanks a million. And thanks to all those listeners for those questions. They were great. Um, last, last stage of the show, when we talk about our captain picks and our transfer plans, um, we have a few transfers banked, I know, for this game week. But it's all come to you first, Kylie, which are two free transfers. Let the listeners know watch what's in your plans and also who you're likely to be captaining this week. So I have to reassess a little bit. Um, before the postponement, I was looking at a situation where, because I have three United players, um, I, I'm well set up. I have like nine players, I think, um, but in a really sticky situation for game week 36 because a lot of those that double are, are Leicester or um, United. So I was looking at a situation where I was going to use one of my transfers on Alonso, as discussed, uh, and then possibly save the other one so that I could rejig for 36 uh, without taking a hit. Obviously, now those United players are likely to have a game week in 36, but I have the question mark over um, Liverpool. So 
I probably will use a transfer to get rid of Alonso anyway because he serves absolutely no purpose in my team. Um, and as shown, I would like to have people on my bench at least who play. Um, this week said a lot. So it, it's probably Alonso out um, and then it's really going to come down to that Liverpool double or not double because I will want Salah and I will have to figure out a way to get him in. Um, as far as captaincy goes, I mean, it's it's been on Nacho all week just because I love him and he brings me joy. So I probably won't change from that. Yeah, would no. it change if Liverpool double in 35? And yeah, it, it, it would because then obviously you're looking at a situation where yeah. Salah has a phenomenal set of fixtures. So I, in that situation, yes, I would. But if I'm looking mm. at um, the sort of seemingly best options being Nacho and Bruno, then it's comfortably Nacho for me. Yeah, it's good. If you if you have it on them, it's, um, it's always good, I find to stick on and not make any late changes anyway. But yeah, as you said, the Liverpool double would definitely change that. PJ, what's your what's your answer to both those questions, transfers and captain pick? Um, well, obviously it does depend on, on whether that, that double is, but one um, one move will definitely be Alonso to Luca Dean. Uh, and then it's just what the other move is will depend on that fixture being rearranged. Um, it will either be Jota to a bit of a one-week punt like uh, James Ward-Prowse is probably somebody I'm looking at at the moment just because he's he's on kind of set pieces and I really fancy Southampton in that um, uh, kind of Crystal Palace kind of home match um, and I think Liverpool is one of those things if you're going to take a punt in a tough fixture and a double as Liverpool away obviously is take it on someone who's going to be on you know kind of three kicks and penalties you've, you know you've got a chance he obviously scored against Manchester City in previous double in fact I think he was top scorer in that double um, so uh, he's on my radar um, if, if a Liverpool game does get rearranged to this week then I might just do Alonso to Dina. Um, Dina? Dean. Um, although I've just realised I can't actually afford that. Fucking hell, Alonso, I hate you. Um, yeah, I just want yeah. Alonso out. That point, that point four, um, you guys kind of talked me a little bit into the the Alonso. I have to have to move him to someone. Dean Dinier is the way I pronounce his name. Well, I've also enough. got I've also got Fafana. You could who, go Coleman. Who has two two evening fixtures again when 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 fasting? So that's a that's a concern. Is Aspilicueta even safe? Holding didn't even get into the squad. What what even is my defence? Mm. That, that's what How did you get forty seven points? Danny Welbeck, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> the god, the well well beast. But uh, the yeah no, that's that's an interesting backline, PJ. Um, <laughs> But uh, Dinier definitely, Dinier is the way I pronounce it. Are you guys pronouncing? I've heard different podcasts pronouncing his name Dean and all these. And uh, but Dinier is the way I, I thought it would be. But then I think again, I pronounce it differently every time. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fluent French speaker, unfortunately. Um, Marzi, how about yourself? Yeah, two free trans. At the moment, I'm thinking um, to get the tenth tenth doubler. Bringing Castagna, I like I like his fixtures, especially the first one of the double. I don't have many that would blank, so it will only be uh, Castagna and Inahacho who would blank. So that's fine. Um, I, I'm fine to 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 bench those and play the play uh, to others. Um, 
So it will be so to 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 get him, it will be selling uh, you know one of the uh, Brighton players um, that I have and Lingard, and uh, just down, downgrading Lingard. Uh, it could be reversed, bring Lingard back in later, but that's that's the plan at the moment. But I haven't really thought too much about and, it. I'm uh, happy with the rest of my team. Captain, it'll be if Liverpool double is Salah. If they don't, probably in a hat show. Now, if we don't know before. Uh, need to make a choice. So again, if we don't know about the Liverpool double, I'll probably be between Fernandez and Inahacho. You didn't ask my captain, Don. I mean, you did, but then you just moved on before I had time to answer it. Uh, apologies, apologies. In team, in your first team, PJ, um, who's going <laughs> to be your captain? It's a good question, Don. And the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah no listen a lot of stuff is up in the air i think we'll all pretty much be on salah if it was a thing that there was um a double game week for liverpool but um but yeah it's it's a difficult one um fernandez is probably my my one that i've had it on um but as you said there is a bit of a rotation risk but then fernandez is one of those players that even if he does only play like a half an hour against villa um, he potentially he'll be coming on most likely if Man United are having a problem scoring. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. He can he can always do something, even though he's not majorly informed. But but look, um, um, double game week. I it's 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 always an exciting one to put a captaincy on a double game week player. As much as Kane versus Leeds would have looked like um would have looked like a great um a great option in in previous weeks. But um, but yeah, most most likely on Fernandez. Um, is there anyone else I forgot to ask about their captain pick this week that I'm going to get told off after we finish recording? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kylie, you just sounded a bit nervous there. You going? Yeah. No. Like a child lost. <laughs> she did, didn't she? <laughs> uh, and that's that's all we got time for on tonight's podcast, folks. We have been. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Mars, you can find at Mars05. PJ, who you can find at HinduMonkey. And myself, who you can find at The Marble Curse. Make sure you're following our group account at 3AmigosFPL. Best luck in the coming game week. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we.